0: welcome to you belong i'm your host author d michelle encouraging you to remove that label that title that position or even that social media status and focus on your kingdom status by knowing you belong to god first and when god is first that's when you can fit in even when you don't because you know you belong Welcome to another episode of You Belong. I'm your host, as always, author D. Michelle, and I've got another special guest with me today. He is definitely living out the title of his podcast, which is Connecting a Contact Sport. Welcome to the show, John Peoples.
1: Hey, good afternoon, good morning, or whatever time it is and wherever you are. Uh, thanks, Thanks, D. Michelle, for having me on.
0: You are so welcome. John and I connected some years, years ago, um, but he has been living his dream kind of twofold. He's working full time in supply chain leadership and has been doing that successfully for over 20 years. And he is also the CEO and founder of Peoples to People Consulting Group. Tell us a little bit more about that, John.
1: Yeah. Thank, thank, thanks for, for the plug. Um, so, Uh, Michelle, really, I started the, obviously, my last name is Peoples, right, so play Mm -hmm. on my last name, but um, I started it in thought in 2006 when I realized I had so many friends and associates and people in my network that were coming to me to either introduce them to someone or somebody's or to an organization or to either help them kind of find a way into a problem they were solving or trying to solve in their own business. So I I said, okay, I'm introducing people to other people and (laughs) I'm looking at those uh, people uh, from that introduction, go away and making a deal where it has some type of high monetary value to it. And I, I kept seeing that happening and I didn't mind it. You know, it's like, that's what you want to do for for your friends. And, and uh, you know, people that you uh have have put a value in but once i started seeing deals being made through my connections and network it was like wait a minute my network has a value and uh you know i put forth effort and time and uh, building relationships you know this is something i really have an interest in but it's also something that i can get paid to do and so uh probably twenty. 14, 15, I said, hey, you know, it's it's time to take this name only and to really put some legs under it. Um, So what people to people uh, consulting, what we do is we offer a what I call a marketplace of subject matter experts and uh, for for entrepreneurs, uh, as well as small businesses. For people who don't either have the resources that they need to solve a, a business problem within their business. Uh, or they don't know uh, how to solve that. So that's where we kind of come along. We open up the marketplace uh, of my network, so to speak, to find the right uh, subject matter experts for them to link and connect with, uh, to, 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 you know, fix a problem or to continue to build and develop their business. So that's what we've been working on uh, since 2014 in an official capacity. And we're really just growing that out now.
0: That's awesome. It's awesome to hear. I think uh, we met some years ago when you first were really conceiving that idea. So it's glad to hear the progress and how you've come along there. And I can imagine in 20 years working in supply chain as well, that's been a journey too. So on the show, we always ask people, tell me about a time where you really didn't feel like you belong. So either on your journey as an entrepreneur with a new company or even your years in supply chain, Tell us about that time for you, what that looked like, and even how you overcame it.
1: Wow, that, that's a great uh, thought and a great question. And for myself, just a quick synopsis. So, yeah, I've been in the supply chain 20 years. And once I matriculated from college, Florida a University, my degree was in economics. When I graduated, or even prior to graduating, I had an interest uh one in going to law school and pursuing sports entertainment law uh being being a, a sports agent and then it and after that it was it was uh going into you know sales and marketing <clears throat> so one of those two things and because after graduating or when I graduated because I I didn't really I say I was not really focused like I needed to be in terms of uh, preparing for law school,
2: I mm-hmm. kind of went where
1: the opportunity came. And at that time, the opportunity came for me to go into a leadership role uh, in manufacturing for Ford Motor Company. Mm-hmm. And just happened to be in a plant and being from Detroit, Michigan, you know, those of us that are from Detroit, we're pretty much familiar it's in our blood um, between Ford, GM and Chrysler. And, they were paying a pretty nice wage compared to some of the other opportunities that, uh, you know, I had presented to me. And it was like, hey, it's four motor companies going into a leadership role very early in my career uh, in, the, in the plant.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: what that meant was I would be supervising uh, individuals that were uh, at some part of the process of making an automobile. You
2: know, mm-hmm. At that time,
1: like one of the Lincoln uh, vehicles. Now, I'm not an engineer by trade, um, and so I didn't have manufacturing experience or study engineering in uh, college, and so it was really just the opportunity to go and learn leadership, but however, I could tell you it was an environment that once I got there and dealing with the unionized environment, manufacturing facilities, especially uh, automotive or uh, microcosm other worlds, a little bit of of everybody there, all types there, and I was charged with supervising at 23 years old people who have probably been working in that particular plant or in that industry for 23 years to, to, to build a car. And you think about a car, how complex a car is, right? <clears throat> so you're giving that responsibility to a 23-year-old, hey, go go uh, supervise these individuals, work in this area, this, this zone, um, and here you go. And they give you a two way radio. And, you know, we're in a uh, maybe one at that time. I think the manufacturing plant I was in was one of the largest uh, in terms of square footage in, in North America. Wow. And we probably at that time had three shifts and about 3,000 people working in between those three shifts. Wow. And I'm charged with working and, man- and, and uh, managing and leading. Probably about 50 to 60 people. At 23. At 23. Like, here you go. Here's a two-way radio. Keep the line running, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, initially it was, like, cool after you go through your onboarding and you go through your training before you're actually out there on the floor and and, and now here you go. Uh, It's like, hey, this is going to be cool. And, And after probably, you know, the first couple of months, I was like, what did I get myself into? right? Um, Mm -hmm. How do I, how do I motivate people to uh, do what we need done to get this product, you know, completed? Um, One, how do we keep the line going? And you're in frontline leadership, so you're kind of like, you're getting it from your employees, and you're getting it from upper management, and and you're right there, like in the middle. And I remember for my first several years, one, again, 23 years old, so I'm working different shifts. So what that means is either I'm working 6 a.m. to 3 o'clock p.m., right? Mm. What 23-year-old wants to mean you're you're waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning, right? <laughs> so, or I'm working afternoon shifts where it's 2.30 p.m. to 10.30, uh, 11, <clears throat> 12 at night. So now that means, hey, I, it's the weekend and there goes my weekend because I'm, I'm at work on a, on a Friday or sometimes even Saturday. Uh, so I really didn't like it. Um, and I remember many days, especially when I first started, just sitting in my apartment like, how did I get here with the echo Yeah, the salary is pretty good. And people were like, hey, you can work at Ford and you can be in leadership at that age in the plant. You can do anything. Yeah. 23, 24. I was like, this is not what's up. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I, I don't like this. Um, I don't even like cars like this. and I don't have an interest. And so what am I doing? And so many a days and many a nights at that early stage in my career. And I did eight and a half years at Ford. It was always trying to figure out, you know, what was my purpose? Mm-hmm. What am I really supposed to be doing? And, and what, can I do uh, with my skills, experience and talent. And so I would say a lot of agony, nights in agony, right? Like this is mm-hmm. not what sucks. All right. And and I didn't probably Michelle, I didn't I didn't really even have, I would say, like the energy or motivation at that time to 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 go look and seek something else, even though I wanted mm-hmm. to get out so bad.
0: Just mentally drained, <laughs> yeah.
1: It was just mentally draining. You get off work and mm-hmm. you're drained. So that was a time where I really felt like this is not where I belong. Uh, I didn't feel purpose.
2: Mm.
1: Well, it's funny how things work and how God works. I did eight and a half years. Got great experience, right? Great mm-hmm. experience. Able to get Six Sigma certified, leadership well, even got promotion opportunities, and I remember turning down a promotional opportunity because I was like, "This is going to keep me in the plant, and I got to get out of here." Right. <laughs> right. Um, and and so, what did I learn right in that moment? I learned, I won't say never turn down a promotion, but look at it real hard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, normally, early in our careers, and we can be in a position where we're thinking, "Oh, this is this is too tough." especially when you're first starting the front line, you're learning these experiences. One of the things that I learned, though, is that it normally gets a little easier as you start to move up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had to learn that uh, kind of the hard way. I didn't take the promotion, but things work out like they're supposed to. Auto industry took a hit in 2008 Mm -hmm. um, where motor companies started having salary layoffs. I got laid off. So that was a time for me to uh, create Mm-hmm. You know, the next opportunity. So I took uh, my severance. I uh, said, hey, what are other places that are doing well that I can take my experiences? And so I went into oil and gas, still in supply chain manufacturing in mm-hmm. um, Houston, Texas, and started working for Halliburton. And that's that's when things opened up in my career, promotional opportunities, uh, being able to kind of get a check off the box. Now I have automotive mm-hmm. uh, supply chain and manufacturing experience, oil and gas, uh, supply chain manufacturing experience. That opportunity then led me to get recruited by Coca-Cola and to become a production manager, operation manager at a bottom plant in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, and where I did six years there. There are a couple times there where I felt like I didn't belong, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, it's it's going all right. It's going okay. Uh, but then there were some different challenges and bumps where it's like, okay, this just looks like a repeat of what I did, you know, a couple years ago. Just a different company, the same thing. It's
2: all still right.
1: more important work that I have to do. Uh, and that's what really forced me to start looking at my consulting company and And then that's also where I found I had passion. so I learned a couple of things. sometimes you can do things that you're passionate about, and they may not be in what pays your bill, so to speak. You keep working on that, you keep developing that I had to learn how to think big and start small
2: mm-hmm. um, at
1: that moment, but still give all my 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 efforts and and uh making sure that I was still dedicated to my bread bread and butter, which was, was Coca-Cola. And then those opportunities led me to, um, to get, uh, recruited and join Domino's Pizza, uh, as a director. Um, and so I had to learn how to trust the process. I had to learn, you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) You just have to know that, Hey, you, you, you put your feet down in the ground. Um, you're going to learn, you get different experiences and you keep moving. And then one day you'll look and say, Oh, now I see why I have to go through, you know, a B or C or, or, or these, these different times that I didn't like what was going on um, because it, it allows you to get to a place where you can put everything together, but it just doesn't come over overnight.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. And what I hear in your story It's just something I've had my own struggle in is just being comfortable with the uncomfortable or being, um, you know, because when I hear you share your first story, you know, at 23 and you knew you you felt like you didn't belong. But then you say, but eight years, I'm like, Dang, when I feel it, I'm gone with (laughs) at least one or two, but you still you still maintained it did eight so, so what would you attribute to that perseverance, that dedication to be willing to be comfortable with the uncomfortable or not belonging? What would you attribute that to? Yeah.
1: So I would say, to be, honestly, a lot of that at that time was um, fear,
2: mm.
1: is what kept me
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in in that position for eight and a half years, um, right. and then a lot of it was just not knowing what I what I didn't know. i would say you know it wasn't really just the perseverance yes i had the perseverance because i could have just quit
0: right this
1: is not for me i think uh one thing it it was like i knew i had to get good experience and Mm -hmm. one year two years is probably not going to do a lot and then also i knew i needed to use this this time to try to figure out what's next what opportunities present itself, where do I really truly um, <clears throat> develop my niche uh, and, and how do I do that, right? So I had a, um, a manager, a leader who very early on in my career who says he gave me some some wise advice and he was moving pretty fast and in, uh, in, in forward at that time. And he said, you know, I don't really necessarily know what I'm doing, but while I'm doing it, I'm going to try to get as far as I can get
2: Mm -hmm. and then,
1: you know, hope that one day it all clicks and and says, Oh man, this is, this is what I should be doing or that's what I should be doing. And so I kind of took that advice Mm -hmm. and then you do realize that sometimes the the, the love or the passion or really even the interest just comes after a while, as you start doing things and you become a subject matter expert, um, and, and that's what kind of happened to me. Uh, and, and, and I had to learn how to sometimes just appreciate where you are.
2: You can mm-hmm.
1: have an impact in where you are, right where you are, when you're there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then what was I supposed to be taking from those those times or that experience? And and then lastly, I, I had to remember that this uncomfortable or tough Time, so to speak it's not going to last forever mm-hmm. right so um while i'm here start looking and, and researching and um developing a plan and, and then uh go from there
0: awesome i love it and that just leaves um quite nicely to our closing of those things you learned which um you share you know transparently with the audience hey it was really fear that kept me but once you leaned into it, you realized there was some wisdom some learning that you were learning from it and then learning to be present and just gleaning all you can and then at the same time preparing for your future so I like that that sums it up nicely um, anything else you would share with someone young and just starting out their career if they're going through those moments of feeling like ugh, I really don't belong this really isn't me
1: yeah so we hear this, this phrase, uh, that, that people use a lot. Sometimes you'll hear athletes use the phrase when they're, uh, training and going through different things and, and you'll hear the phrase, trust the process. Yeah. Right. And it could be a cliche, but it's, it's, if you break that down, it really has a lot of meaning. Trust the process. There's a process in everything that relates to being successful. Right. I mean, if you look at uh, plants growing and if you're or growing a tree or you're you're growing uh, some type of fruit in a garden, you, you have to plant the seed. The seed mm-hmm. has to be planted first and it has to go in the ground and where it's normally dark and, and uh, during that time period, over time, it has to get some water. It has to, you know, that, that seed has to get some nourishment. It's a lot of things going on. Inside of the ground where that seed is, right, and some roots to start to get planted um, at that at that point, and then you look up and you see the which was a, a seed, um, then starts to sprout that that plant up out of that dirt until uh, the surface where you can see it, uh, and then again you you keep watering and pruning, and you see the plant then starts to bear some fruit. Where you can mm. Start to pick off of it, uh, you know that what what that plant bears, right? So that's really trusting the process. Yeah, I like that. Through some things, you have to learn some things. You have to get experience. You have to uh, to kind of build a toolbox. You have to get some tools that you can put in your toolbox. And and normally those things happen uh, early uh, at different points along the way. So that was one thing I would say is just trust the process. You know, nothing mm-hmm. hard stays hard forever. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to go through valleys and uh, you're going to hit peaks. And so you just have to trust the process. The the second thing that I would probably say, uh, especially to someone starting their career early, is if there's something that you think you want to do, try it.
2: Try mm-hmm. it early. Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> As soon as you get an opportunity if you think you want to do it and, I, and that's one of the things i really appreciate about millennials they're they're not living uh in a safety net they're like i'm going to try it where we may look back and say man why are you doing it like that but try it right try it very early um you'll, you'll learn from your misses you, you'll probably have more bullseyes than you'll have misses but
2: mm-hmm. you can just
1: try it. Uh, and then that way you can start saying, hey, no, I don't really like this or man, I really do like this. So I would say, try, try different things. Try it early. Don't let fear hold you back just to try it early. Um, and then I would, I would probably most importantly say, while you're very early on in your career, it's it's so important that you build networks mm-hmm. and, Within those networks, you build alliances of of people that you can go talk to and bounce ideas off of, Um, find a mentor, you know, wherever you are, somebody who you think is doing what you want to do. Most people really uh, love if you come to them and say, hey, would you be my mentor, right? And and listen, you know, we don't know it all. So listen to those who have been somewhere um, that you haven't been yet. I uh, built those networks. Some people say, well, I'm, I'm not an outgoing person, I'm an introvert. Okay, well, you, you can start with just one person, uh, you know, in the elevator, or that you see at the cafeteria at work, or somebody that you know is doing something um, that you may have a close relationship with. So I think those are the three things, trust in the process, uh, trying things early, and then building uh, a network. Um, early in your career.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and network, I think what you really honing in on the importance of value, going back to your business model um, with people to people, recognizing the power of relationships and having real connections with people because in That's this cool. day and age, it's so easy to connect with people on LinkedIn, but nothing beats when people have that real life experience with you that you can pull back on. I mean, there's so many different valuable relationships that I was fortunate to have early on my career, but I didn't understand them. And so they kind of went by the wayside as I moved to different cities and stuff. And now I'm like, wow, how do you get back to that when, you know, you had that? So just really uh, that connecting peace, and really building that social equity to of relationships is important so tell us yeah. how people can connect with you
1: john peeper well one of the the, the easiest ways talking about connecting uh is just like we met and connected some some years ago was through linkedin um you're I a know, mutual friend a yeah great tool yep mm-hmm. through a mutual friend <laughs> i can be reached i at linkedin send, send me a uh, request and uh, john peoples uh, and you will find me on on linkedin um and then while you're there you can check out my podcast uh which is called connecting the contact sport which talks just about that uh building relationships connecting
0: and that's how to fit in even when you don't believe you belong Thanks for listening in. Visit us on Instagram at Believe You Belong or go to our website, BelieveYouBelong.com. Share your own belong story. And don't forget to grab a copy of the upcoming book, You Belong, the 21-Day Workplace Devotional. Be blessed.